You are listening to The Gateway Church, located in Ferrisburg, Michigan. You can learn more about us by visiting thegateway.church or like and follow us on Facebook, where you can watch full services, keep up with all that is going on, and get connected. Awesome. All right. Well, we've been in a series on the Holy Spirit. And we've covered a lot of ground so far. And uh, on the topic of the Holy Spirit, we've asked, answered the question, who is the Holy Spirit? That the Holy Spirit is a person, right, who has emotions and has desires and will. And, uh, and we've said that the Holy Spirit is God. And because of that, He is eternal. He is holy. He's omnipotent. He's omnipresent. He's omniscient, right? And the great thing about the Holy Spirit, one of His key roles is to be intercessory interceding for us as believers. And for those that don't know, he's interceding for non-believers as well. And uh, he does that for us. And I believe that God has put his spirit in us so we can be known for making an impact, right? And to be known for our power. And in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would rest on a few select people at different times. But now in the New Testament, Testament for New Testament believers, the Holy Spirit is poured out on all flesh, on all believers, and we, uh, we get to receive that as his sons and daughters, the good gifts that he gives us. And we talked last week about receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit as the first step in development after becoming a Christ follower. That if you want to grow in your faith, if you want more of God, if you want to experience an empowerment like no other, pursue the Holy Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit for the baptism in the Holy Spirit, which, which has the initial physical evidence of speaking in tongues. It starts there. Jesus is the baptizer. We mentioned that last week. He gives good gifts to his children. And so we, as God's people, we should wait on him, partnering with him, speaking out. And there's internal and external blessings. We talked all about all that. If you weren't here last week, you need to go back and, and uh, dive into that. And it's great. This last week, there was a testimony that emerged at one of our small groups on Tuesday night. And uh, someone that was freshly or newly baptized in the Holy Spirit for the first time, and really as a newer believer, uh, she was explaining to her small group, and we got the testimony trickled down to us, that she, she said, and she really doesn't even have the vocab to, to understand it all at this point, but she's like, man, my, I've got this urgency, and there's this boldness to share, and I'm like, that's exactly right, and to share the good news, and to relate that, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, with what we are praying in Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit would allow us to, re, uh, to see a harvest of souls. Uh, it, it's coming together, and I love those testimonies. Now, with that, there's definitely some sensitivity. We need, there needs to be great care around the Holy Spirit and uh, how we share that and how we uh, experience that together. And so we encouraged each other last week, and we're going to finish the, today with a very similar idea that we should be pursuing Jesus He's the one that is the giver of good gifts. We seek, we worship Him. And then the Holy Spirit will come upon us, and then there's a cooperation. It's us and the Holy Spirit working together and, and he, to, to speak out as the Spirit enables. And that's really, really powerful. And today we want to talk about another idea of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit gives spiritual gifts to His children. 
spiritual gifts. And I was thinking about the sad reality that far too many believers and churches are known for their talent or intellect rather than for supernatural power. And it's convicting. And it's even worse that too many are okay with that fact because they don't want to tap into that power. But I really like what Francis Chan says. He says, I do not want my life to be explainable without the Holy Spirit. Isn't that good? That idea that, man, we need the Holy Spirit. Things are happening to such a great extent that the only explanation is it's God. It's the Holy Spirit at work. And that's where the topic of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit gifts uh, come into play. And so let's talk about spiritual gifts. Did you know that there were spiritual gifts? Come on. That, that is something that we find in Scripture. And the question to follow up is how well do you know about them? And have you experienced them personally? Is there confusion around them? Or is there excitement? Or are you indifferent? See, the spiritual gifts are not these special rewards or achievements or trophies that you put on a shelf spiritually. They actually come to us undeserved. They're imparted by God. And, and certainly, uh, they can be misused, and we have to be careful around that. But the litmus test is, does it glorify Jesus? Does it edify the church? And is it a good witness to unbelievers? Those are some things that we can learn. And so we say, well, where can we learn more? Well, we learn by getting into God's Word, into His Scripture. And today we're going to do that. We're going to take a a dive uh, into Scripture. But one thought before we get there, and this has really been gripping my mind, the thought that as believers, if you are a Christ follower, if you know Jesus as your personal Savior, our answer before we even explore spiritual gifts or any kind of spiritual uh, journey to Jesus, our answer should be yes. And if our answer is yes, even before we understand what God has for us, it'll make it so much easier to experience these gifts. And the idea is that there will be blessings for us through these gifts, um, but our answer should be yes, Jesus. You can use me in any way. So what does God's Word say? Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and uh, we'll, look, we'll start there in verse 1. Look what it says. It says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. I love this. Paul is writing to the church in Corinthians, which was a church that had already experienced the gifts. They were uh, flowing in them. In fact, the, one of the reasons he's writing to the church is to provide some correction and to, to say, hey, you're, maybe you're a little out of bounds. Let's bring it back in, rein it in. And he says, look, I want you to know about these. I do not want you to be uninformed. These are important. And then in verse 4, he says, For now there are a variety of gifts. But the same Spirit. And there is a variety of service, but the same Lord. And there's a variety of activity, but in the, it is in the same God who empowers them all in everyone. And to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit. Why? For the common good. And today, what I want to do is I want to take a look at several lists of gifts, spiritual gifts that are, that are provided for us in Scripture. 
And there's no special order in these. There's not one that is greater than another. But we will see that God wants us to know about these gifts and to utilize these gifts. And to me, that is exciting. The truth is, is we were all created by God with a plan. Ephesians 2, verses uh, 10 says we are God's workmanship, right? Created in Christ Jesus to do what? Good works. Everyone say that. Good works, which God had prepared for before, beforehand that we should walk in them. And so the first list that we're going to look at is, again, right there in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Let's look at it starting in verse 7 through 11. Uh, we see nine gifts there, but they're broken down into three categories. The first of the three are called the revelation gifts, and they, they all reveal something, and there they are. It's the word of wisdom, the word word of knowledge and the discerning of spirit. You look at these and you say, okay, those look like um, important things, I'm sure, because they're in God's word, but what do they mean? Does a word of wisdom mean that you just have the character trait of wisdom? And the answer is no. It, in fact, is a supernatural gift pertaining to future events, something God imparts to you and can be received for yourself or for others, and it can become a warning for others. That's what the gift or the word of wisdom is. What about the word of knowledge? You say, well, I have a lot of knowledge. What is a word of knowledge? Well, now the word of knowledge is not just knowledge. It's a supernatural gift of God's knowledge pertaining to one of two things, either the past or to the present, and it's given to believers to advance the kingdom of God. What about discerning of spirits? How uh, discerning of spirits? How many of you have a discerning bone in your body? Right? You're like, yeah, I can kind of sense things or whatever. Uh, my wife is certainly uh, one that's uh, on the top of my list when it comes to that. But discerning of spirit is not discernment. It's a supernatural gift that discerns the spirit in operation behind a person or a place. And these are the revelation gifts, and these are important gifts, uh, part of the manifestation gifts, and we find those. The gifts continue. The next three are called the power gifts, it's the gift of faith, the gift of healing, and the gift, or the gifts, plural, of miracles. Again, these are right there in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and these gifts are gifts that do something. The first ones were gifts that, uh, that reveal something. Now these ones are doing something. And when it comes to faith, again, we all me have a measure of faith. If you're sitting in a chair, you have faith that that chair is going to hold you up today, right? Uh, you had faith to get here in your car, that your car would start, that it would get you along the way, uh, those types of things. But this is not just normal faith. It's supernaturally empowered faith by the Holy Spirit, and it results in an extra demonstration of the power of God. That kind of faith is important for the church. And uh, it's interesting that uh, some of us uh, use these and our God uses us in different ways. This is one of those that on the top of the list for me. The next one is healing, the gift of healing. Again, it can be a physical healing, an emotional healing, a spiritual gift um, uh, healing. Sometimes the healing is gradual. Other times it's instant. But it's all supernatural. When we tap into the gift of healing, it's always supernatural. And then there's the gift of 
miracles or the gifts of miracles. It's plural there. The supernatural working, demonstrating God's power in unusual measure. And there are examples of all of these gifts in Scripture. And I'll talk about that in a minute, but this one, the gift of miracles, your, your mind might go, what's the difference between miracles and healing? Well, a miracle would, might be, be uh, we'd see it in the feeding of the 5,000 or the resurrection of the dead. Uh, those would definitely be gifts of miracles. Uh, again, these are the power gifts, these, this set of three. And then there's one more set of three. I call them the inspirational gifts. Uh, these are gifts that say something. So we had gifts that revealed gifts that do something. These gifts say something, and it's the gift of prophecy, the gift of tongues, and the gift of interpretation of tongues. When it comes to prophecy, uh, it involves both a foretelling and a foretelling, speaking for God, and it's a supernatural work. Uh, and when it comes to tongues, uh, that is a different uh, tongues, a different gift than the, uh, the Holy Spirit baptism that we talked about last week. That is a personal prayer language. The gift of tongues here is used in a public manner. Uh, it's a supernatural gift in public settings. And it has to be interpreted. When, it, when tongues uh, commands the attention of a group, uh, at that point, uh, you've got to be quiet and in order. And then there's the interpretation, which is that last one, the gift of interpretation. And there, again, there are rules around this. There are, uh, it need to be in order. Again, these are the inspirational gifts that God gives the church. That's a group of nine. Again, they're called the manifestation gifts found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. You say, wow, that's, that's awesome. But you know what? That's not the only list in Scripture. There's another list found in Romans chapter 12, uh, verses 6 through 8. And we call those the motivational gifts. And when you look at the motivational gifts, you've heard of these. It's how many, uh, there's the gift of prophecy, there's the gift of service, the gift of teaching, and gift of exhortation. And what's neat about this list is that there are some overlap. We've already talked about prophecy. Uh, it looks like we might have missed number two, the gift of service. Uh, that's uh, the, known as the gift of relationship practicality, uh, meeting the needs of others through serving. Uh, the gift of teaching is pretty self-explanatory, it, but it's, it's a supernatural gift to transfer knowledge, to build up the body of Christ. And then that gift of exhortation, I love that one. It literally means encouragement, right? The Holy Spirit empowers, builds one another up through exhortation. That list continues, uh, and it goes on with these motivational gifts, uh, the gift of giving, the gift of leadership, and the gift of mercy. And so in Romans 12, we have seven additional gifts. Uh, and again, the gift of giving, what is that? Is that just a gift that comes around at Christmas time, right? No. It's a spiritual gift that we all give gifts at one, one time or another, but this is a supernatural gift. It's supernatural in nature. It's a unique gift 
to see a need and then to fill that need, to provide for someone in need. The gift of leadership, I love this one. It's the spirit-empowered ability to set a course of direction and unify people to accomplish God's work. And then the gift of mercy is one of those beautiful gifts. And uh, I'd love to see this in action. It's where we are called, we're all called to have mercy, but then there's a supernatural ability to have special compassion. And when you find someone that has the spiritual gift of mercy that's in action, it is absolutely beautiful. I think it's the closest thing to the heart of God because uh, God is a God of mercy. Isn't that the truth? And, and so there's these gifts. So there was nine on the first end. These are the motivational gifts. There's seven here in Romans, and sometimes there's some overlap. But guess what? There's other lists in Scripture as well. And we're going to keep on going, and, and we're giving an overview today, and I'll talk about how we're going to follow up from this in a minute. But the next list is found in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 through 16. And some people call these the vocational gifts or the ministerial gifts. And it's, how many have heard that God calls some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, uh, pastors, and teachers, right? That's where we see the five-fold ministry, vocational gifts, gifts of apostleship, uh, prophecy, which we've, it was an overlap already, the gift of teaching we've already talked about. But let's look at apostleship. What is that? That's the gift for someone to be used by God in a supernatural way to lay foundations for the church. It's supernaturally empowered to be an apostle in this day and age. It's a planting. It's a new birth type of opportunity. When it comes to evangelism, it's a special ability to share the gospel and for people to respond. Now, we are all called to be evangelists. It's not like we get a get-out-of-jail-free card and we say, nope, I don't have the gift of evangelism. I don't have to share my faith or tell others about Jesus. No, but there are some that have a special gift, the ability to share, and God uses them in supernatural ways to see the harvest come. And then I love the gift of pastoring. I am a pastor, uh, and it's assuming the responsibility for the spiritual welfare of God's people. uh, Some people call this the gift of shepherding, looking out for the flock. And again, these gifts are given to the church. They're supernatural in nature, and they're spiritual gifts to, to build up the body of Christ. There's another list that are also vocational gifts. Back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, there are five more here. The gift of miracles, the gift of healings, which we're both are, we've already mentioned. But then it adds the gift of helps, the gift of leadership, and the gift of unknown languages, which we've already talked about as well. So you say, well, what is the gift of helps? The gift of helps is seeing a need and filling it. It's how I would kind of describe it. It's super easy, uh, but it, it kind of rises up within you, and you're supernaturally empowered to do it. And then the gift of leadership, it's a little different than the gift of pastoring or evangelism or teaching. Uh, it's a, it's, some people combine it with a gift of administration uh, for efficiency, setting tasks, uh, getting things done. And again, we need people in the church to have the gift of leadership, to have this gift of administration, no doubt about it. That's a lot of gifts, isn't it? But guess what? There are four more listed in Scripture. And when I was studying, I'm like, you got to be kidding, right? They just kept on coming. 
And I just want to hit these last four real quick. These are additional gifts. They're all kind of independent, kind of uh, salt and peppered through the New Testament. Uh, the first one is the gift of celibacy. That is the gift for someone to remain unmarried and not have sexual temptation that is overwhelming. And uh, they can remain single and remain pure in their heart. And they would only do that for the glory of God. And the gift of celibacy is a supernatural gift. The second one is a gift of voluntary poverty. And uh, seen in 1 Corinthians 13.3. And it's interesting how in the original language, it is a supernatural gift. It's a, it's a spiritual gift given to the body, uh, voluntary poverty. And then the third one is the gift of martyrdom. And uh, I guess you only use that gift once. 1 Corinthians 13.3, the, the supernatural gift to say, hey, I will give my life. And, uh, and then the last one is the gift of hospitality in 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 9 through 10. <laughs> That's not even in my notes. That was just the Holy Spirit helping me. Awesome. <laughs> yes, amen. Thank you. Wow. Depending on how you add those up, it's like 18 to 20, something like that, uh, different spiritual gifts. There are a lot of spiritual gifts that the Lord has given the church. And I just want to pause here for a second. Last week I mentioned Tim Enlow, who really is a Holy Spirit expert. He says that all of these spiritual gifts are intended to work together. And so the gift of faith is often seen linked with the gift of miracles. Or knowledge and the discerning of spirit often are connected. Or pastoring and teaching are often connected. Or the gift of helps and the gift of hospitality. And the list could go on and on. Pastor Bobby sent me some notes this week about spiritual gifts. And, and it was interesting. He, there was an example in your notes about uh, uh, someone that works at a restaurant that has an accident. And as I was reading this, I'm like, Pastor Bobby... This happened to me. I was a dining room attendant early on before I was uh, married, uh, 16, 17 years old. I worked at a restaurant, and I started, before I was server, I was a dining room attendant, which is just a glorified way to say I was a busboy. Thank you, yes. And, uh, but, uh, but what we did is we didn't have big buckets or big tubs to carry stuff. It was a little upscale type place. And we had trays that we'd have to get down and we'd have to hold them here, trays, and then we'd walk around. And, and I learned to spin trays and I can still do that. I could show you. I should have brought an example. What could I spin up here? <laughs> Just kidding. I'm not going to spin that, Bobby. But uh, yeah, I should have. Definitely. Second service, somebody find me something I can spin. I prove it. I'll prove it to you right on camera. It'll be, it'll be great. But, but in your example, Pastor Bobby, it was this, this server spills a tray of drinks. So trips and falls. And that literally happened to me once. And I'm thinking, oh, man, this is crazy. But how the spiritual gifts could work in a situation, it's a hypothetical, obviously. But there could have been a, a gift of prophecy that someone foretold that server, hey, that looks like too many glasses. You better be careful or that you're stacked too high, right? So there could have been a, a gift of prophecy. At the same time, there could have been a teaching, a gift of teaching where someone showed them how to do it correctly. 
but then they didn't. There could have been this, the gift of service being at work where someone jumps in to clean up the mess and says, oh boy, we better get this, so they, the gift of service. And then there's a leadership moment, right? Someone to delegate, the server, uh, to cover during the situation. If someone's cleaning up, we've got to give some direction and some leadership. The gift of leadership could be at work. Then the gift of encouragement, thank the Lord, making that server feel better. Although when that happened to me, I was just teased. for uh, they, they made fun of me, and uh, it was not, not really that much fun, and it was quite a mess. Uh, but also the gift of mercy could be at play in a story like this. There's a group hug after saying, hey, it's okay. It didn't happen to me, but hey, that's okay. Uh, and then you could even imagine the gift of giving that someone might say, hey, you know what? I will pay for the lost damage in the, in the glasses that were broke. Again, the idea is that the spiritual gifts often will work in conjunction. The other reason I really like that story, Bobby, is that because it really normalizes these spiritual gifts that they're seen in our everyday. And they're not like these wild, like crazy, reserved for the few. No, every single believer can tap into these with the Holy Spirit's help. They make us better than we are on our own. Remember us saying that early on in this series, that the Holy Spirit makes us better than we are on our own? And to me, this is exciting. These gifts are at our disposal. I love, again, what Francis Chan says, I don't want my life to be explainable without the Holy Spirit. And if the Holy Spirit is at work and these spiritual gifts are at work, wow. And I understand that we just blaze through 18 to 20 spiritual gifts, but I do want to give you a next step, and this is for all of us. And on Wednesday nights after our uh, Connect Group season ends, so we have this week and then the starting up through the end of this year at least, I want to take these spiritual gifts and break those down, take a couple at a time, and then pray and ask the Lord to use these and if you have not been a part of prayer on Wednesday nights, uh, or if you haven't been connected in a, in a connect group, uh, before the end of the year, if you're hungry for God and everything that he has for you, if you have this desire for more, and for the baptism of the Holy Spirit to be evident, and for these spiritual gifts to be at work, we're going to be focusing on these Holy Spirit gifts and then be praying as well. And that's 7 o'clock on Wednesday nights. And we want to encourage you to be a part of those. Don't miss it. And remember, as I started the message, it starts with a yes. Saying yes, Lord. A yes in our heart before Jesus gives us these gifts. If we start with that attitude, that posture, I believe we can become a conduit for God to work in and through us. Isn't that amazing? That is so incredible. So I want to finish with 10 takeaways, and you don't have to write all these down if you don't want, but this is taken from the book by George Wood. It's called Living in the Spirit, a really, really good resource. And, um, and he, he finishes one of his chapters on spiritual gifts with these 10 truths about the gifts. And I know I've already given you a lot of information and 10 more things that you're like, what in the world? But just, I, we'll make our way through these pretty quick and then we're going to spend some time responding today. And that's what I'm most excited about. He says, uh, let me give you a quick summarize of the use of the gifts. He says, number one, these gifts 
are for Christians. They're for believers. They're for us in the body of Christ. And until you receive Christ, uh, before that, you wouldn't be able to tap into these spiritual gifts. Number two, he says that the gifts are given for the benefit of the body and for Christ's work in the world. So again, it's not for your personal benefit, but it's for the benefit of the body of Christ and for what God is doing across the globe. And these gifts, there's no, none that are more glamorous than the other. People tend to especially consider miracles and healing as uh, being more outstanding, but they're not. But all of these gifts are available, again, to build up the body. Number three, that these gifts should never be divorced from the topic of love. I really like this. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1 says this, Follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts. So it's love and gifts brought together. It's the nature of God, and that should always be a priority. Number four, the gifts should not be confused with spirituality. So if the Lord chooses to use you in a gift of faith or in a gift of miracle, it's not like you are now elite and put on a pedestal. I'm sorry if you thought that was the case. It's not. We are all the same, but God chooses to use us in different ways. It says, he goes on, he says, the gifts have often, or have, often have little to do with our spirituality. They have to do with getting the work of the Lord done. Amen? I really like that. Number five, the gifts are often matched with natural inclinations and abilities. You say, yeah, some of those really, you know, the gift of leadership, the gift of service, or the gift of helps, or the gift of teaching or pastor. There might be some natural abilities that God uses those in compliments. He says people who have a tender heart are often the ones functioning with the gift of mercy. You see how that works? And again, I really uh, am grateful for that one. These gifts are not natural inclinations, but they often build from the base of natural inclinations. And uh, that's an important distinction. Number six, the gifts tend to be developmental in nature. This is really key. How many have ever thought and you've seen someone, uh, you know, work in the gifts of, of these spiritual gifts and you're like, man, uh, I could never do that, right? Well, you can start small and there's confidence that is built. They're developmental in nature. 1 Corinthians 14 says to perfect the gifts. That means the first time you try it, it may, you may not get it 100%, but that doesn't mean you don't try. Or maybe it's a smaller portion and then that grows, right? And so they're developmental. Number seven, this is also very important. The gifts are not proprietary. That means you don't own the gift of healing or own the gift of faith. And you say, well, I'm a prophetess or... I mean, it, some people do call themselves these things, but, but listen, you don't own these gifts. God chooses at his time and his will to utilize those. They are not my gifts, or I, I'll use them for whenever I want to. They are for the body of Christ, and that's the point. Number eight, just a couple more. The use of each gift will be confirmed by the body of Christ. So we have a responsibility as God's people to judge these gifts and say, okay, yeah, that's from the Lord. Or maybe the discerning of spirits. You're saying, hmm, that doesn't seem quite right. You know, where is, what's motivating that? What's behind that? And, uh, and certainly we need to be careful to judge. And then number nine, individual, individual exercise of a gift emerges from the combination. You say, well, how can I do this? It comes from your desire 
to be used by these, through these, your prayer life and the need around you. I really like that. I, I've got that uh, kind of circled here. Desire, prayer, and need. And then the last one really is an important measure. The number 10 is this. Only a few of these gifts occur in a church service. Does that surprise you? When you look at the New Testament and these gifts being poured out on the church and how they're utilized and what we'll do in our uh, Wednesday night prayer and then uh, study on the Holy Spirit as we continue that, you will see that the majority of these spiritual gifts are seen and used outside of the four walls of the church. And to me, that is incredible. The Lord wants and the world needs people full of the Holy Spirit. Do you believe that? Absolutely. And I believe that everyone who seeks, anyone who asks for these gifts, you will receive. God will work through you. And uh, again, it comes through a pursuit of Jesus. Then you cooperate. The Holy Spirit comes upon you. And then there's this cooperation where you speak out, you utilize these gifts. That's how it works. And we have an opportunity as God's people to partner with the Holy Spirit to expand his kingdom. I'm going to ask the worship team to join me. There's one last verse, Luke chapter 11, verse 13. I've, I've used this over and over throughout this series, but it's so important. And just, it's just confirmation of how it works. It says, If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? He wants to pour out His Holy Spirit. And it's a continual pouring out to be filled and then to be continued to be filled with His Spirit. And there's so much more we could say, and uh, our, our time has expired. I, I tried to time it uh, somewhat with you know, how much I could say for each of the things. And I understand that it's like, man, that was like, a, you, know, you know, like, man, that, that was a lot. But what I want to address here at the end is our desire for these to be utilized in our life. Has the Holy Spirit prompted in your heart? Are you boldly witnessing? Are you seeing signs and wonders? Is your prayer life strong? Are you utilizing these spiritual gifts in your everyday? And my question for each of us is, when it comes to these topics, what is your standard response? For some of us, let's just be honest, you're like, no. <laughs> I do not want that to happen in my life. And I get that to some extent especially if you're new to your faith or maybe you've seen some abuse of the spiritual gifts in the past. But let me just speak to you. These are good gifts given to from the Heavenly Father who gives good gifts. Can our answer be, yes, Lord, 
whatever you have. And if that's the case, that's when life gets exciting. When God can really move through us. The answer, yes. And it starts with saying yes to salvation. Understanding that we're all sinners. We've all fallen short and we all need a Savior to forgive us of our sins. And I want to address that first, and then I want to talk about spiritual gifts. So let's do this. I'm going to ask if you would stand in the room and uh, with your head bowed and eyes closed here. Um, let's just, we're going to start to become a little interactive here. If you are here and you do not have a relationship with Jesus, I'm just going to ask you right now, what's holding you back from saying yes to Jesus? What is it? Is it fear? Is it pride? Today is the day of salvation, and we've been praying for you. If you are online and you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, we want to lead you to the cross. We want you to present that free gift of salvation. And if you're here in the room, would you just raise your hand? We want to pray for you. We want to, we, we're not going to embarrass you or call you out, but we do have some resources for you. Who in first service is responding saying yes to salvation, yes to Jesus? free gift of salvation. It's available. Anyone at all. Just slip up your hand. We want to pray for you. If you're online, you can type in the chat and say, yes, I'm a, I receive you. I need Jesus. We will follow up. We want to walk with you in and through that. I don't see any hands for salvation, so I'm going to move to the next thing. With your head bowed and eyes closed, I just want to ask, first of all, uh, as you sit in the presence of God today, what is your natural response or what's your normal inclination? Is it yes to Jesus and to the things of Jesus or is it no? And if you are typically a no person, I want to help move you to a yes to just trust Jesus and to understand that these gifts can start small and they can grow in your life. And so I just want by a show of hands, how many are saying Pastor, I want to be a yes person when it comes to spiritual gifts. Come on, just lift up your hands. Yeah, yes, all across this place. I want to be used in these gifts. Yeah. So if that's the case, we're going to do two things. If you have been seeking to be filled with the Holy Spirit, or maybe you have been filled recently with the Holy Spirit uh, and been refilled, uh, I want you to to move first. I want you to come to the altar and we're going to respond. We're just going to create some space. And that's the baptism in the Holy Spirit. That's a spiritual gift of a prayer language that God will give you. We talked about it last week. And I just want to encourage you uh, that when we pray, what we're going to do, we're going to, actually what we'll do is we'll respond together. Uh, but uh, for those that are seeking that, that have been asking for that, and maybe have not received, I want you to come. And then I also want those that are have experienced that and have, uh, have that gift at work, I want you to come and exercise that gift at the altar. And we're going to just move together. And, I, and that's probably going to be a lot of you. And I just want us to make some room here at the altar. You say, do I have to come forward? No, you don't. But I promise you, when you step out and you say, God, I'm saying yes, and I want these spiritual gifts to be used, you're like kicking the devil in the, in the teeth. And uh, that's exactly what we want to do today because God wants to use us. So just real, on the count of three, 
I'm going to ask that you would move. If you're hungry for the Lord and you've been seeking or you've been filled, and I want us to come either way and fill these altars on the count of three. One, two, three. Just move from where you are. Just step forward, and we're just going to fill these altars. And as you come, I want you just to begin to praise, begin to worship. I want you to pursue Jesus. It says, to, Tim Enlow said to seek him, right, to worship him. And then it says that the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and then you cooperate with the Holy Spirit to speak out. And right now, before we sing another song, I want you just to begin to worship in your own words, but then Jesus is going to give you some supernatural words to say, and I want you to change from English to your heavenly gift, and let's just worship the Lord together. Come on, hallelujah. We lift you up. Come on, let's lift our voice. We praise you, God. We worship you, God. Lord, we know you're here. Oh, Holy Spirit, we cry out to you, God. Oh, we want to say yes to you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, you're moving here. Lord, we will never be the same because of your touch on our lives. Lord, let your gifts flow this morning. I pray that, Jesus, you are the baptizer, and you will be doing your work right now, right here, as we open up our mouths. Holy Spirit, thank you, Lord. Oh, God, you're working, you're working, you're working. Oh, God, I pray that you are giving us boldness, God, to see signs and wonders. Lord, that the gift of prophecy and the gift of service, the gift of teaching, the gift of exhortation will come alive. The gift of giving, God, the gift of leadership, the gift of mercy, the gift of faith and healing and miracles. Oh, God, I pray, pour out your spirit. Holy Spirit, fill us, fill us, God. We say yes to you. We say yes to you. We say yes to you, God. Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that these gifts would be seen in our lives for your glory, for your honor. Holy Spirit, have your way, have your way, have your way, have your way. Just right now, for the next 30 seconds, I just want us to stop praying in, in English and let's just pray in the Spirit together. Come on, all across this room. going to just use you in special ways. For the others of you, you've known about spiritual gifts, but maybe it's been dormant. And as we've prayed and your desire is increasing, you spend time in his presence, God is going to use you. He's going to use you. He's going to use you. I've asked one of our elders, Bob Boss, to close us, and uh, he's got a thought before that. Last week, he shared it with me, and I shared it second service, but first service, you didn't get it. And uh, so I want you to share that and then um, and then close us in prayer. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.
were singing that song just now and really tied in with the word that God gave me last week. And that is here, now. Here, now. Here, now. There's a line in the sand has been drawn. Yes. I don't know if you can feel it, yes. if you can see it. Last week, God said, nothing will be the same. After today, nothing will be the same. Today, it's here, now. Here, now. Receive that in Jesus' name. Here, now. You need healing? Here, now. You need faith? Here, now. Grace, here, now. Mercy, here, now. Yes, yes, yes. Walk close. Walk in the Spirit. Father, we just come before you. Before you pray, just as you you just kind of stirred in me, um, we just had a parenting seminar this past weekend. Uh, A bunch of you were part of that. And uh, Bob... Um, I know of some families that are struggling, some mm. marriages that are struggling, yes. and I'm sure there are others that I'm not aware of, uh, but I just want to speak a word of uh, encouragement over marriages that are struggling mm. and that are that feel like you've lost it all and that God is a restorative God. Mm. And, uh, and that might be just for you, brother, uh, maybe for some others, uh, but uh, God is at work, and it may seem dim may seem uh, uh, like you you know like it's oil slipping through your fingers but your marriage is worth fighting for and, uh, and God is with you and so and that may be not just for you brother but maybe for some others as well and so I just just felt that in my yeah, spirit thank you uh, Lord thank you Lord and Father we just uh, we speak encouragement maybe you've been waiting for your miracle maybe you can't see with your eyes Lord, I just ask, Lord, that uh, the gift of faith, that our, increase our faith, Lord. Lord, increase our trust in you. Lord, you make all things new. All things new. Our past is behind us. You don't, once you've asked forgiveness, he doesn't remember. Only the enemy brings that back to us. And so we can choose to live in the past, or we can choose to live now here, now, in the future. Thank you, Lord. The time is now for that change. Father, we lift you up. We praise you. We worship you, Lord. We give glory and honor to you, Lord, and you alone. For, Lord, you alone are worthy of our praise. And if we took communion, we're reminded of the sacrifice that you made on our behalf. So we can walk here now. And we, I just pray a blessing over each one that's here right now in Jesus' precious name. We thank you and pray you. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being here. You can linger at the altar, but we're going to say goodbye uh, to those online and uh, transition.
Thank you. God bless you. Go in the grace of God. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message from the Gateway Church. If you'd like to find out more about our church, such as service times, giving, and ways to get connected, visit us at thegateway.church.